Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and the theme for this hour, I like having hour-long themes, you know, where we talk about a certain issue from a biblical perspective. This week, the Thursday hour is going to be all focused on struggle, hardship, problems that come our way, and how do we face them in light of the fact that the odds seem insurmountable. Um, Mike Novotny is going to join me. We're going to talk about his new, brand new book on the book of Job, Now to Suffer Well. Uh, you're going to be encouraged by that. We've got a story of an athlete who faced insurmountable odds and has overcome them. First, though, we're going to start out with a case that has been shocking people for the past couple of years. And I want to uh, issue a caveat here before we go too much further in our dialogue. Um, if you do have children in the car with you or at home listening or if you're listening online right now on the app or on the my hope now site i want to encourage you to use discretion with this next story because it's an important one to discuss no question about it but it's one that um we unfortunately are going to see more of but it involves uh, some parents who stood up and did the right thing to protect children in light of sexual assault charges that turned to full-blown rape charges. And I just want to uh, give you that caveat here. We're going to share some details about the story here and, um, and, and then what has happened here. This is certainly not a, uh, uh, you know, a gratuitous uh, type of thing to just talk about the case for the sake of talking about it, but to see that justice has been served. Uh, you may be following what's been happening in Loudoun County Public Schools in Loudoun County, Virginia. Uh, this is a, uh, it's a kind of a double-edged sword problem for the county. On the one hand, this was one of the first school districts in America to uh, wind up facing, um, you know, parents, angry parents, because they were referring such provocative and shocking, uh, not thought-provoking at all. Uh, well, I mean, they were, but not in a good way. Uh, pieces of literature to kids. I mean, books on... Uh, homosexuality and you know forced sodomy and just awful awful things that were being described as literature and to expand the minds of the children and you know it's it whatever you hear public school teachers like kindergarten teachers saying I talk about my sexuality all the time but I'm not grooming children that's that's absolutely patently false and when you see high school kids who are still I mean far less mature in high school now than they were even 20 years ago, which was far less mature than a generation before that. And you're throwing all these different images at people like this is somehow normal. Um, well, unfortunately for some people, it may be normal, but it's not the norm. It's not the standard that we want to see in education. We want to see people aspiring for what is good and true and noble and lovely. I mean, biblical, even if they aren't Christians. And Loudoun County has developed a horrible reputation now with the, I love the fact that so many parents would get the books that their kids were supposed to be reading and the parents weren't supposed to know they were reading. They would show up at the school board meeting and just start reading them. And then you've got administrators for Loudoun County saying, uh, you know, we really shouldn't be reading that here because there are children here. And at one point, one dad said, exactly. That's my point. My point is I'm reading this to you in the presence of children and you're not comfortable, but you are assigning this literature, so quote unquote, to these same kids. It's okay for them to read it. It's okay for them to be exposed to it. But if we're all here and now they're exposed to it, there's something wrong with that. 
Well, Loudoun County Public Schools has another problem, and that is a story that involved a, uh, a student at one of their schools. And the student was involved in a sexual assault in a, well, in a, a school, li- uh, school bathroom. And the, a, student, a fellow student was, uh, uh, was taken advantage of, was sexually assaulted, even raped. And when the charges of this sex crime came to light, um, it was determined, ascertained, that a, uh, well, May 28th, 2021, Stonebridge High School in Virginia, a boy who reportedly put on a skirt and then walked into a girl's restroom, sexually assaulted a girl inside the girl's restroom stall. When the case was brought to light, Loudoun County Public Schools, rather than bring the boy up on criminal charges, the student was merely transferred to another school. Another high school, same district. This time it was Broad Run High School. May 28th was the first sexual assault. In October 6th, 2021, a second assault was committed. The same boy puts on a skirt over his jeans and T-shirt, walks into a girl's bathroom and says, I identify as a girl and sexually assaults a young woman there. Um, interesting that the second attack was the one to where all of a sudden people started looking at the case. Now, the young man was actually convicted of the crime and will be sentenced to prison. But the grand jury got involved and they said, wait a minute. It's bad enough this happened once. How did it happen twice? And what is going on with the school board? Virginia Attorney General Jason Meares, recently elected conservative guy, announced last Monday that Loudoun County judge had ordered the unsealing of four indictments issued by the special grand jury against now former Loudoun County Public School Superintendent Scott Ziegler. The jury also indicted the school system's public information officer, someone called Wade Biard. Ziegler is facing one count of misdemeanor false publication one count of misdemeanor prohibited conduct, and one count of misdemeanor penalizing an employee for a court appearance. Byrd was indicted, or Bayard rather, was indicted on one count of felony perjury. The statement reads, the office of the Attorney General will be prosecuting these cases and has no further comment on the matter. Uh, Loudoun County Public Schools is not issuing any sort of media other than saying that uh, Bayard was placed on... uh, uh, leave without pay, and Ziegler has been fired. Here's the statement. While Loudoun County Public Schools will await any additional updates from the special grand jury, LCPS plans to address the recommendations of the special grand jury in the school board's December work session for December 2022. The board will consider policy-related and process improvements to further implement it, uh, to implement for, to further ensure the safety and care of all LCPS staff and students and restore trust within our community. According to the Christian Post, Loudoun County School Board voted last week to fire Ziegler shortly after the grand jury released a report that accused the district leaders of, quote, looking out for their own best interests in response to the sexual assaults committed by the same student. Now, what's interesting is the unanimous decision to fire Ziegler came during a closed session. Because he was technically fired without cause, 
the former superintendent will still be paid his $323,000 annual salary and will be given compensation as well. Now, I mentioned May 28, 2021, the boy walked at, he was a student at Stonebridge High School in uh, Loudoun County Public Schools in Virginia, uh, sexually assaulted a girl while wearing a skirt over his T-shirt and jeans. Did the same thing at Broad Run High School on October 6th. He had been transferred there. According to the grand jury, the incident on October 6th could have been pre- could have been prevented, but LCPS's, quote, lack of curiosity and adherence to operating in silos allowed the assault to occur. The grand jury report attributed the lack of action leading up to the second sexual assault because of a culture of fear within the district where anybody speaking up or daring to step out of place faces some sort of reprimand. Um, Policy 8040 is what allowed this boy to get away with this. Uh, It allows trans-identified students to use bathrooms that correspond with their preferred gender identity. When asked during that meeting if it would potentially cause a problem, then Superintendent Ziegler informed parents, quote, we don't have any records of assaults occurring in our restrooms. Now understand that this took place, the meeting, in the middle of June 2021, and the first assault had taken place and been reported on May 28th of the same year. School board meeting June 22nd, so they waited an entire month and then announced, nope, we didn't see anything. So the Loudoun County Public School uh, officials that were involved in this, former Superintendent Scott Ziegler and School System Public Information Officer Wade Bard, are facing four indictments total. Ziegler's been fired, but is still going to be paid $323,000. But here's the thing that is just so insidious, and this is my, here's my plea for homeschooling and private Christian schools. Not every public school is this bad, obviously. But understand that where this began was, of course, the sense of entitlement, the culture of fear propagated by the superintendent. But also, let's not forget the adherence to trying to uphold transgender ideology in the public school system was so great, so grand for this school district that they literally were willing to turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to the reality of the fact that a girl was raped in a high school bathroom by a boy who shouldn't have been in there simply because he claimed to identify as a transgender girl. And it wasn't until parents started vocalizing their concerns. Parents, grandparents, we need to be proactive and we need to speak up to protect our kids and grandkids. Full stop. And if you're looking for a recommendation for a Christian school, drop me a note at thebottomlineshow.com. I'd be more than happy to encourage that. I can only imagine what would be happening to kids right now, especially of the Christian faith who might be victimized by something like this in public school. There might be the tendency to look to God and say, hey, wait a minute, I'm suffering. I'm dealing with these challenges right now. And God, why are you letting me walk through them? Everyone deals with the hurts in life. That's not an option. The question is, how do we see God through the midst of the suffering? Pastor and author Mike Novotny has written a powerful new book that takes us through the book of Job to look at God's way for helping us to allow him to use everything that happens in our life for good, 
even the hurtful stuff. His brand new book is called When Life Hurts, How to See Through Suffering. And we have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Pastor Mike Novotny joining me next as The Bottom Line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. Well, it be it would be simple-minded of us to say that uh, you know everything's fine in the world day and no one has any sort of concern i think the past couple of years especially pandemic notwithstanding more and more people are dealing with fears and uh, letting things that ordinarily wouldn't get to them get to them but what happens when that happens in the body of christ should we be all that surprised joining me today here on the bottom line for a conversation about that very issue is mike novotny mike uh, is a uh, author and speaker. He's part. Of, he's the pastor at the Core in Appleton, Wisconsin. He's the lead speaker on Time of Grace, which is a global media ministry that connects people to God through TV, print, digital resources, and the like. And for those of you who are watching at myhopenow.com, you can see he's very camera friendly. Uh, Mike has been on the Bottom Line Show uh, for many, many times, talking about the multitude of books and resources that he has produced over the years. His latest book is a fascinating one, uh, one that, that part of scripture that perhaps you might not have uh, mined through until through, uh, but you will after the next half hour. The book is called What's Big Starts Small, Six Ways to Grow Great Faith. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Botany, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Hey, Roger. Thanks for having me back. Well, I should say welcome back to The Bottom Line Show, and it's good to see you. I mean, it's yeah. nice to be having this Zoom conversation here for, for a change. Yeah. Let's talk about the book for just a moment. We could see the seed. We could see something growing out of the ground on the cover. Uh, we talk about growing great faith. Help kind of help us get our minds centered on where we're going scripturally during this conversation today. Yeah. So the book is just zeroed in on one spot in the Bible, uh, the story that Jesus himself called the parable of the sower. And there's two big things that Jesus says in this story that it's really easy to miss, even if you're one of his followers. Um, the first thing is God's word is like a seed. I'm not a good I'm not a good gardener. I actually ripped out the garden in my backyard. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so bad at it. But uh, I, I do know this about seeds, that they are so, so small, like almost missable small, and yet they can grow into something so, so big. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think what Jesus is doing with the analogy, he's getting us like super fired up about the potential of opening the Bible. You know, it doesn't take a five-gallon drum worth of Bible Mm-hmm. It it takes a little seed. Yeah. So I, I think of people who talk about their life verse sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I just have this one little passage, this one little promise 
it just got me through cancer or you know, I was struggling in my relationships, or I went through a divorce, or I was facing death. And, you know, I don't have the whole Bible memorized. I, I probably couldn't list the 66 books of the Bible in order. But that that one little seed, you know, grows into such a big source of hope and peace. So first big truth, Jesus says God's word is like a seed. Wow, get, you know, be excited the next time you open the Bible at home, mm-hmm. or go to church and hear the word. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Truth, truth number two, God's word is like, a seed, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't know a lot about seeds, but I do know they're they're also so small that your average bird can gobble it up, right? And a hot summer can wither it, mm-hmm. and a bunch of weeds that you didn't put there but they showed up there can choke it out before it produces anything good. Mm-hmm. And this is really what Jesus does in his story. He he gets us excited that if you're a person who hears the word, there's there's just amazing potential in your life, but if you think that just hearing the word, just going to church, just having a morning devotion, just listening to Christian radio, if you think that's going to turn you into this really mature, strong faith person, you're kind of thinking like a gardener who throws a bunch of seed on the dirt, walks away, and expects something awesome to grow. Right, right. So that's kind of what I unpack in the book, Walking Through Jesus' Parable. Well, and I love the fact that you do that, because I think, you know, for most of us, when you hear there are certain parts of scripture that we most of us know or have heard the story so many times that we feel as though we've read it, even if we haven't actually, uh, you know, taken time to study it. But mm-hmm. when this parable of the seed and the sower is so powerful, when you consider what happens, because at the end of the day, we'll we'll understand the good seed, the good soil, well tended, grows up, you know, the abundant crop, the whole shoot and match, without taking a step back and saying, wait, but only twenty five percent of the seed that was sown actually did bear fruit. I mean, it actually yeah. did bear a harvest. And so you're, you're drawing us into the fact that there is some risk and there is some, uh, well, you talk about the threats uh, that w- you have to overcome if you're going to grow your great faith. And I'm grateful, Mike Novotny, that you didn't make that the title you know, of the book. You know, Six Threats to Growing Great Faith. It's like, wait a minute, I don't know if I want to read a book about threats, but the idea is when you take the seed and you have these different ways to grow, we have to look at soil, we have to look at seed, but then we also have to look at the potential pitfalls as well. Kind of walk us through, maybe you got a 35,000 foot overview first, and then we can dig a little deeper, pardon yeah. the pun, into what you've got here. Yeah, so the, the parable of the sower th- shows up three separate times in the Bible, um, Matthew 13, Luke chapter 8 and Mark chapter 4. Um, it's one of the 30 parables that Jesus tells. And by word count, it actually is, gets the biggest word count out of all 30. So it's almost like the Holy Spirit t- saying to Bible readers, don't miss this. Don't, this, right. is really, this is really important for your disciples. Big red arrow right here pointing to these three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And as I kind of broke it down after reading all three versions, I found you know six threats, six dangers to faith, not a hot sun and hungry birds, but pride, pain, worries, wealth, wanting, and not waiting. Mm. Pride, pain, mm. worries, wealth, wanting, and not waiting. And they each have kind of a different effect. They're a different danger at different spots in our lives. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I give a chapter to each of those. Like, here's what that looks like in modern day Christianity. And here's with God's help, how to overcome those threats. Pastor Mike Novotny is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, and we're talking about his brand new book called What's Big? Start Small, Six Ways to Grow Great Faith. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, a, a retelling, if you will, or maybe a, a deeper dig, deeper dive into the parable of the seed and the sower. Uh, pride seems like an obvious one, 
I mean, in terms of saying, well, yeah, that would be a threat. But how do you see it, Pastor Mike Novotny, manifesting itself in the church today, especially in light of the fact that we've been through, uh, you know, the pandemic is now an endemic, but then it might be something else. And then we've got inflation, stagflation, recession, uh, yeah. depression. I mean, there's so many things that are that are keeping our attention right now. Uh, yeah. Pride doesn't seem to be one of the ones that a lot of Christians may be concerned with. Yeah. Yeah, pride in the story is when, you know, maybe someone hears the Bible, but their heart is kind of hard, like this stiff soil, this hard path that won't receive it. So I sometimes, when I, I'm not sure how you were as a teenager, Roger, but, you know, your parents need to give you a lecture because you're doing something really stupid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're speaking to you and you're hearing it. But to quote Jesus, you don't really have ears to hear it. Right. You're not you're not getting out your notepad saying, well, Dad, could you repeat point two of how dumb I am? Because I really I really like to learn that. <laughs> right. So you can be in the presence of truth, but if you're resistant to it, you don't you don't want to hear it. You know God's going to call you to repentance and change you. Um, this is kind of what the Pharisees were like, right? They had the mm -hmm. scriptures, the the word made flesh was speaking the very truth to them. But did they have great faith? No. Like mm it didn't stand a chance because they, they weren't ready to change. They weren't ready to repent based on Jesus's teaching. Right. Right. You know, it's amazing to me how many people mistake confidence for arrogance or arrogance for confidence, you know, that, mm. then that, that pride is says, well, now, wait a minute, I want to be bold in my Christian faith. And mm. so therefore don't bother me with what the Bible actually says. I want to yeah. be bold in what I think it says. And yeah. this is, it sounds like the very issue that you're addressing, Mike Nabot. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. For me, the key question is, is there anything that if I walked into church on Sunday and the pastor said, hey, for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about blank. Mm -hmm. Is there anything I could put in that blank that my heart would, would think, oh, maybe I'm going to visit my buddy's church for the next yeah. month. <laughs> you know? And it, you know, it could be something like, let's see what the Bible actually says about sexuality that's pleasing to God. Mm. Mm -hmm. it, it could be. How about this? Um, let's see what the Bible says, how we should treat and speak about governing authorities that we don't agree with. Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, let's see what God says about materialism and how much of our wealth should be given to the poor. Mm -hmm. Husbands, we're going to talk about how to love your wives sacrificially, no matter how they're treating you, just like Jesus did for the church. Yeah. Right. There, there's enough of these things that if I just say them, you, you kind of think, ooh, yeah. oh, this is going to hurt. This is, uh -huh. I, I know I'm not like hitting the bullseye with, God's teaching on this. And so pride always wants to resist that because it loves the comfort of the status quo. Right, right. And it's amazing how many people inside the church as well as outside the church in modern culture uh, will make that a stumbling block without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. A pastor and author, Mike Novotny, is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called What's Big? Start Small. Uh, six ways to grow great faith. And the way you grow great faith is identifying great threats to your faith and then learning how to stand up against them with God's word, with prayer, and with fellowship. We have a link to the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. If you are worried, or maybe you've experienced a season of tremendous wealth in, uh, during the past couple of years, uh, stay with us because Pastor Mike is going to level set us on both of those counts as we have this continuing conversation about his new book, What's Big, Start Small. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. When you're injured in an accident, you just want to be treated like a human being. But when you are denied what you need to make a quick and full recovery, it can feel dehumanizing. 
Stephanie Cover puts a client's total healing first, and that means fighting for a settlement that respects you as a human being. The insurance companies don't necessarily care about why you need a settlement, but they know that it means they will lose money. Stephanie will stand up for a dollar amount that values your life and the full process of your complete restoration. Even when the insurance companies are doing their best not to pay you, you have a leg up because Stephanie Cover used to work for those same insurance companies. Getting you well-positioned for your full physical, financial, and spiritual recovery is Stephanie's goal in working with you. Save her number now or call 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Then fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Law. Stephanie Cover. she knows the other side. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We're having a great conversation about a difficult subject today here during this hour. Mike Novotny is with me. Uh, Mike is a pastor. Mike is an author. He's become a trusted resource for us here at the Bottom Line Show. He's the Bible teacher on the ministry, Time of Grace. And he's got a brand new book out that will help you if you're going through a tough spot right now, especially just a couple days before Christmas. And how many times do we find ourselves uh, in this season of life where everybody else is joyful and we're hurting, we're suffering? Uh, this book is called When Life Hurts, How to See Through Suffering. It's available at thebottomlineshow.com. By the way, we have a link for Mike's website, timeofgrace.store. Um, I encourage you to give us a call, 800-227-5278. Crystal has one copy of the book to give away, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And I love the fact that in this situation here, what Mike is talking about is when life hurts, not if life hurts. We live in a sinful, fallen world, brothers and sisters. I know you know that. And uh, it, it's, it's hard sometimes with, when, you're, when you're on a winning streak, things are going well, you got the raise, the house is going nicely, you got the new car, you got the, all the things, your, your relationships are good, maybe there's a grandchild on the way or something, you're thinking, hey, this is great. Nobody wants to think about the time when you get that call from your kid saying, hey, I, I'm at the police station and I really need your help or my car tanked or husband lost his job. What do we do? Or, you know, uh, th those things that can be a real drain and strain on a marriage, on a family, on your faith. But the good news is we remember how God dealt with his people, especially, I mean, let's face it, the book of Job was written right around the same time as the book of Genesis. I mean, we go from Genesis and the whole creation story, and there's all sorts of drama with Job, uh, with uh, Jacob and, and his brothers and all that type of stuff, Joseph, rather. And then the idea that, you know, there's this whole lamentation of the book of Job. It's God's way of telling us, look, in this life you will have troubles, but behold, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. When Life Hurts, How to See Through Suffering is Mike Novotny's book. We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. And as I mentioned, one copy of the book to give away right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, uh, part two of my conversation with Pastor Mike Novotny and a story on top of that about overcoming and persevering in the midst of triumph and trusting God for a miracle and God actually showing up with one. Let's take a look at that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Bless your children with the help you've always wanted to give them. Newport Bay Mortgage works with your unique circumstances to explain the benefits of a reverse mortgage in today's market. 
Act now and provide for your family in need by gifting them a fraction of the fruits of your labor. With Newport Bay Mortgage, you can clarify the advantages of a reverse mortgage in your specific situation with professional insights on the current market. Sharing the rewards of a reverse mortgage is a valuable act of service that helps your loved ones establish valuable financial security for the future. Use the gift from your home to contribute towards God's work and plans by blessing your family in need with real financial help. Make up your mind today to make a difference in the lives of those who mean the most to you. Start by calling Newport Bay Mortgage at 714-741-8080, 714-741-8080. Visit kbrightradio.com reverse or NMLS 332959. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. Pastor and author Mike Novotny is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, and if you're watching this at myhopenow.com, it's nice to see Mike Novotny. It's the first time we've ever seen each other, isn't it, Mike? I don't, have, we, yeah. have, have we shaken hands? Or I mean, it, it, I, I, it's 21st century ministry where you spend all your time on the phone, and all yeah. of a sudden, here comes Zoom. Was it tough for you with the core and the ministries that you were involved in during the pandemic to maintain the kind of ministry you felt was effective, or did, did it become more effective? For you to be able to reach more people this way yeah um you know as a local church definitely more difficult there man maybe it's my my issue but standing in an empty room and looking at a blinking red dot and making right. a sermon and calling that church oh mm-hmm. that was yeah. that was painful for me I'll bet. um but being part of time of grace which is a media ministry so a lot of people were at home so be to be able to minister to them through the tv program or the the youtube stuff that we put out so local church a lot more difficult online media resources just like exploded through the roof mm-hmm. so god gave us a he humbled us with one hand and he lifted us up with the other hand so we, we ended up okay <laughs> through it but yeah it was, a, it was a challenge i'm I'm glad to hear that we're talking about six threats that jesus lists in the parable of the seed and sower and uh, mike has uh, very creatively and i appreciate the fact that he put a positive spin on these threats by saying uh the book is called what's big start small six ways to grow great faith and uh, we talked about pride. Uh, I want to, before the break, I mentioned the two that kind of go hand in glove. One is worries and the other is wealth. Uh, I noticed, Mike, and I'd be curious to get your take on this too. I was unpleasantly surprised with the number. I mean, I know the world was kind of in pandemic mode and there were a lot of people who were losing it. You know, what if we get COVID? We're all going to die, that type of thing. And I don't want to minimize COVID. I've had it. It wasn't pleasant. So, I mean, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But the people who really kind of made me kind of look into the visual, I'm doing the dog head turn right now going, huh? <laughs> where was that? Where the people who were in the pulpit, who were people of men and women of really great faith, people that I known as stalwart Christians for years, who the minute this happened, it seemed like God didn't exist for them. And everything mm-hmm. was about, if I don't have the mask, if I don't have the vaccine, I don't know, I don't want to die. And what's God doing here? Can you talk about some of the worries of the world and how, I mean, it doesn't have to be on a pandemic level, but oftentimes we do find the truest measure of our faith is what we worry about. Yeah. You're, I wish you were wrong, Roger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish yeah. I was wrong too. Yeah. yeah. That really, I think it exposed a, a lot of us, you know, this book is about great faith, which in a sense is like a, just a great trust in the things that God has said. Yeah. And that, that peeled back some layers for a bunch of us to see that maybe we only were super confident about the goodness of God because he had given us a pretty good life. And when that was rattled a little bit, um, I, th- I think God held up a mirror to a lot of people in the church to help us realize, well, maybe we're putting our trust in the wrong spot. Yeah. Yeah. 
In particular in the story, though, when Jesus is talking about the worries of this life, in context, he's actually talking about the worries that make you too busy. Mm. So in Greek, he uses the same word that he uses with his friend Martha in that story from Luke 10. Yes. You know, there was Jesus, like, ready to give her great faith, and Mary's sitting at his feet, soaking it in. But Martha feels like she can't. And as she's running around, you know, preparing the perfect meal, being the great hostess, Jesus says to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried. You're worried and upset about many things. So she wasn't worried about a pandemic or the Roman Empire. She was worried that if she actually sat down, would would people think she's a bad hostess? Mm -hmm. Would the meal not be as impressive to the guests who've come to her house? I find it fascinating. I, I bought this little pack of tomato seeds. And, you know, on the front of the package are these big, ripe, beautiful, mouth-watering tomatoes. Okay. On, the, on the back of the package are the directions from the expert gardeners on how to grow those tomatoes. Mm-hmm. About half of the directions on the back are about the amount of space that these seeds need. Hmm. Like, if you just pour a billion of these into your little garden, yeah. and all the rows are super close together, and there's all these weeds and thorns, you're, you're not going to get tomatoes because mm. the nature of a seed... It needs more space than you think. Mm-hmm. And so in Jesus' teaching, he puts these three things in in one category, worries, wealth, and the desire for other things, wants. Marketing. Yeah. yeah. He says, sometimes are we Christians so busy? It's like we're, you know, you squeeze in a little church on Sunday, but you're not even thinking about the sermon in the parking lot because you're checking your phone, mm-hmm. you're making plans, you're running to the kids, you know, sports tournament. You might hear a great sermon on loving your neighbor or loving your spouse, but I ain't got time for that. Like <laughs> work's busy. <laughs> I got to cut the backyard of this beautiful home that, you know, so yep. for, for a hundred different reasons, I wonder if we Christians have overcommitted our schedules thinking that as long as I squeeze in a devotion or a church service or a little Christian right. music, I'm going to have great faith. Yep. No, 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 no. That's, that's not how seeds work. So Jesus is giving us permission like he did when he invited his friend Martha, well, slow down a little bit. Say no to a bunch of things. I know you're worried about what people think about you, but if you want to have really robust faith, you, you can't just hear the word. You need some time to meditate on it and then put it into practice. Boy, that, now you're hitting me right between the eyes, and I wish you weren't right about that <laughs> magnifying, but boy, howdy, you sure are. And, and in all honesty, have a little fun with this. Uh, why did you plant tomatoes? I mean, they're not done. They're never done, right? Maybe that's a, there's a good metaphor there. Even when you cut them open, they still look like they're still trying to cook or something like that. But but I appreciate what you're saying about this. And man, we lived that here. Um, I'm talking with Mike Novotny, uh, the author of the book, When Big, what Big Starts Small, Six Ways to Grow Great Faith. Link for the book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. At the first of the year, a friend reached out to me and offered me a ministry opportunity that I never could have imagined would have been possible at my age and in this season of life. And I took it. I mean, we just, Lisa and I prayed about it. And I mean, literally, I was giddy the night before I first started to do this. And within four months, I had worn myself down to the point where I was at exhaustion level. I wound Mm. up contracting pneumonia because I had pneumonia and I was compromised. I wound up with COVID, was in the hospital for a couple of days. And it was amazing how easy it was for me to pick up the phone and call that ministry and say, I can't do this. Wow. You know, because there's no room here, you know, for, for, for me to be a husband, to be a dad, uh, to do the things that I need to do. And I'm, I'm thinking about the way you space the seeds out, you know, as you were talking about that, as much as I have this great disdain for tomatoes, I love ketchup. I just, you know, tomatoes themselves, I've never had a good relationship with avocados too, but that'll be another, uh, I could give you a whole, 
list of things as to why you shouldn't have avocados. <laughs> but they're they're very good for you. But but I under, I, I can completely resonate with what you're saying in terms of planting them properly, putting them in the right soil, doing everything the way they are supposed to grow, and realizing that, that there's a way that if, if you're going to bear that kind of fruit, um, it has to be done the right way. Uh, Mike, we've got a couple minutes left. Our, all of our conversations go by much too quickly. We should just put you for an hour next time because uh, I think we, we need it. But I want you to talk, if you would, about the not waiting part that last mm. threat that Jesus addresses, because I get the sense, I mean, I've talked to a lot of ministry leaders, you maybe have too, um, who during the pandemic, their ministries thrived. I mean, they just record setting years for people served, people reached, uh, fundraising contributions, people were just, you know, with you, you know, where you are. And then mm. the next step is, well, we have all this money, we have all these resources, we have all these people, let's go. And, mm. you know, for us as Christians too, sometimes we see something and think God's telling us now, now, and sometimes God's saying, whoa, instead of go. Talk about why that's a threat to growing great faith. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes I'm getting the idea of not waiting from the idea of a seed. That if I'm really excited about growing, pick your favorite fruit or vegetable, mm -hmm. and I stick it in the ground on Monday, and then Tuesday I go back and look at the soil, it's not working. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, my oh. seed's broken. Help me, <laughs> was, Mike. Oh, oh, someone tricked me. Yeah. Like, no. Okay. We we know we know that seeds take months. We know that trees take years. Do we recognize that about God's truth? Mm. So I go to church. I'm driving home. I didn't get anything out of that. Why am I going to church? Right. Um, you know, maybe maybe God planted that little seed in your mind for a conversation you're going to have a week from now or yes. six months from now. Maybe this isn't about today or tomorrow. Maybe it's about two years from now. Right. And so it's just a good encouragement that sometimes when we read the Bible or we're getting into these spiritual disciplines, we don't see immediate results. And, you know, we live in a 5G kind of instant <laughs> internet drive through fast food kind of world where it's really hard for us to remember the way the natural world works, the way human development works. I mean, I didn't come out of my mama's womb with a mustache. <laughs> you know, it's I didn't end up six two and a half. You know, uh -huh, thankfully uh -huh. for for Judy when I was born. So, you know, mature people, mature gardens take time to grow, and God's truth is like that. So don't let the devil trick you thinking this isn't working. Mm. It, it is working. Maybe you don't see it just yet, but Isaiah fifty five says that when God gives His word, it always comes back for the purpose for which He sent it. Amen. So, Believe that, trust that, don't bail on the on the process or the plan. Like the, the word works. It, it works every time. I love that. Mike Novotny is my guest. And I'm going to ask you if you could stay for one more segment, Mike, if you would, because I've got a couple more questions I'd really like to address, but we have to take a break here. Is that okay? I'd love to. Okay, perfect. Mike Novotny is my guest today here on the bottom line. Pastor Mike is the author of the book, What What's Big Start Small? Six Ways to Grow Great Faith. It's a, a deep dive into the parable of the seed and the sower. We've got a link to the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Pastor Mike Novotny is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Mike's new book is called What's Big Starts Small, Six Ways to Grow Great Faith. Mike, the uh, uh, pastor of the core uh, church in Appleton, Wisconsin, and is the lead speaker of Time of, for Time of Grace, which is the global media ministry, using television and print and digital resources. This new book is a, I think it's going to be a big help, a, a, dare I say, a game changer for a lot of people in the body of Christ. But Mike, you and I were just talking during the break about 
when it comes to then, okay, what is our potential for growing great faith? Um, not that it's something that we would measure and say, God, I'd like, you know, a couple of homers of this and a couple of egos <laughs> of that or whatever, but rather, you know, because I need that extra part in my, in my life. But there is one constant in terms of growing great faith. And uh, you talk about the need for good soil in our lives. I mean, talk about what we can do to make sure that the soil of our hearts is plantable. If yeah. Other reason. yeah, probably two really quick things. You know, number one, good soil is kind of the opposite of the six threats and the not so good soil that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. So if you can overcome the pride and receive God's word, if you can handle the pain of everyone not loving God's word, if you're not overcommitted and you're so worried about pursuing wealth and saying yes to everything, get the space to grow and you wait for it. So I, I think that's a good definition of what good soil is. Mm -hmm. But then I, I think probably what gives me the most hope about the story, you know, after studying all the versions of it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, there's these four different kinds of soil. There's these six threats. I almost expected Jesus to call the story the parable of the different soils. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm a pastor picking the big idea and breaking it down into parts for a sermon, that's probably what I would have done. But this is one of the, it might be the only story that Jesus gives a name to. Mm -hmm. And he himself calls it the parable of the sower. And kind of a light bulb went on for me yeah. like, oh, wait, yeah. wait, the sower isn't the main character. He like, yeah, he tossed the seed, but then he's gone. Then it's just like just the soil. Right. And I love, it's kind of like Jesus kind of winking at us saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you think that becoming good soil is just about you, if you think it's just like, yeah, I got to pull out these weeds and I got to, you know, not be proud. Mm -hmm. It's just this comfortable thing. Like, no, no, no. This is all about the God who is giving you his word, the, the spirit who is living, dwelling in your heart as a member of the body of Christ. This is about Jesus and, and the Father as good gardeners, you know, working in that soil, pulling out the weeds, their kindness leading you to repentance, their grace offering you forgiveness. So, you know, just when all the threats were about to overwhelm me and make me think, I can't do this, I'm, I'm never going to have great faith. Jesus kind of wraps his arms around us and says, whoa, 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 let me introduce you to my father, the gardener. Mm. Like he, he is the star of this show. Let me call this the parable of the sower. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen to that, because I mean, that that's where it all begins and ends for us. And I was you were mentioning those those different verses that remind us of of what our Christian life looks like. I, I couldn't help but also think of Philippians one, you know, the one who began a good work in you mm -hmm. is going to be faithful to complete it. Yes. And um, it, he's going to do that work. So it's our job to receive it and not impede it. And uh, I think you've given us a lot of food for thought, literally, with what would grow out of the seed, but also uh, uh, figuratively in terms of our spiritual growth as well. Uh, Pastor Mike Novotny, I love the fact that our times go by so quickly. Um, they're, they're always rich and beneficial for our listeners, but selfishly, I love talking to you too. And I'm grateful that this new book is helping people already. It's called What's Big Starts Small, Six Ways to Grow Great Faith by Pastor Mike Novotny. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Mike, great to see you. And thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line Show. Thanks for having me. Have a great day, Roger. Well, it's always uh, good to get some time in with Pastor Mike Novotny, and especially right now. Uh, the brand new book is available at thebottomlineshow.com. It's called When Life Hurts, How to See Through Suffering. We have a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we've got a copy of it to give away right now. 800-227-5278. Crystal's here to take your calls. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. If you have been going through a season of struggle right now, this is a resource that will help you. It's practical. 
It's not a super heavy read. There's a bonus Bible study in it that Dr. Bruce Becker has put together. So this is the kind of resource you could use on your own, but you can also uh, welcome in friends, family members, loved ones to be a part of this process as well. Years ago, oldest daughter Emily was playing. uh, She had a recital. We have a couple of instrumentalists in the family, and uh, uh, they both have to give these recitals as part of their grades. And um, we had a recital for Emily. She was a flute. uh, Well, she was a music ed major, but flute was her primary instrument. And so we went out with a bunch of people from our family, extended family. Everyone's all proud. Way to go, Em. This is so exciting. Went to one of our favorite restaurants up by where my parents used to live a long time ago. Lots of family memories at this restaurant. And this is also the last time ever went to the restaurant. We had a large party. We had called ahead. We had made a reservation. And there were probably 12, 15 people there. And we got there, and the specialty of the house at this place is prime rib. So we ordered, and we sat, and we waited, and we waited, and we waited. And they started bringing out some of the hors d'oeuvres, some of the salads. Still weren't seeing any prime rib. Finally, the maitre d' for the evening came out and announced to the table that, unfortunately, they were short of prime rib. Uh, I not worked at a restaurant like that before. I used to cook at a Marie Calendars back when those restaurants were there when I was in college. And we kind of warmed stuff up. We didn't really do a heavy lot of cooking uh, compared to what these people were doing. But we sat all through the appetizers and looking at the sunset and having a great time. Some people started getting their meals and then all of a sudden we began to realize that the people who ordered prime rib, there weren't enough for everybody at the table. And there were four or five people who had ordered it. So a few of us said, you know what, I'll have something else. I'll have the chicken, I'll have whatever. But we did have a couple of members in our party who, uh, you know, they wanted the prime rib. So they got it. And one guy at our party who shall remain nameless, uh, (laughs) former extended family member, when the waiter came out and the server came out and brought the prime rib, presented it to him, he looked and said, okay, take it back. I don't want it. And I thought, wow, in that moment, we were having such a nice evening. It was just one of those things. No one was making that big a deal out of it. But I thought, I don't want to be ever finding myself in a position where the trivialities of life, they burned my steak. You know, someone took my parking place or something like that. I don't ever want to confuse that for heartache or confusion or dare I, good God, persecution or something like that. That's an inconvenience, right? But when people experience real pain and real suffering and their faith in Christ, that perks my ears up, especially if they're able to overcome it. Naomi Bogali is an Ethiopian runner who started running at an early age and decided that she wanted to get better training. Now, if you follow the distance world at all, you know the Kenyan runners have the long, long distances, and they do that so very, very well. Uh, as far as Ethiopia, I'll be honest with you, I'm not quite sure what they are uh, <laughs> famous for. But one thing is for certain is a lot of runners come from the African nations to the United States, and they come with the vision of saying, I want to train, I want to, uh, you know, I want to get better at what I do. I w- you know, they sometimes they enroll in American universities, they get the strength and conditioning they need, and they take their really God-given gifts for running, and they do it even more so, okay? So Naomi Bugali decided to make the, the, the transition. She was going to leave her home in Ethiopia, leave her family behind, and come over to Colorado, do some training. 
Um, she uh, had a partnership with Nike. She uh, was doing whatever she possibly could do to get better, and um, she then got hurt. And when she got hurt, prior to coming to the U.S., it really messed her up a little bit, obviously. She had an injury to her Achilles tendon that caused her to lose the partnership with Nike. She got to the point where um, that she had, uh, you know, the opportunity to uh, do, you know, the running and the training, and then all of a sudden, a car accident. Seven months ago, the car she was riding in as a passenger was totaled, was hit, and basically she was left with a broken back and a severe spinal cord injury. So now she suffers the Achilles tendon injury. That costs her her sponsorship with Nike. Then she winds up getting in this car wreck. And let's forget about the injury and whether or not you're going to come back from that. She had a severe spinal cord injury. It couldn't walk. The doctors that she saw were trying to be as encouraging but realistic as possible. Here's this world-class runner who's never really had, Naomi Bogali from Ethiopia, never really had the opportunity to show the world how good she could be. But Naomi Bogali had a different conclusion. She is a devout Christian. And Jesus speaks to people from different countries and different backgrounds in different ways. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm amazed at how God has spoken to so many of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are from the African nations who are literally, they come out of Islam into Christianity because God spoke to them in a dream, God appeared to them in a dream. And Naomi Bogali didn't listen to the doctors this time. She was confident that the doctor's prognoses were wrong because of one thing that they left out. They were talking about the natural, and Naomi was dealing in the supernatural. They were discussing life from the vantage point of, okay, based on our best medical projections, this is what we can hope for. But they left out room for a miracle, and Naomi Bogali got her miracle. Let me tell you about it on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Well, Dennis Wilson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-696-9970, or go to wilson-financial.com. There are a lot of people who have been really taking a bath when it comes to stocks this year, stock market off 25% in some segments, but yet you have a new program that's really designed to help somebody in that situation earn some of that loss back. It's obviously designed to do exactly that. It's a very limited offer on a 16% guaranteed return on your account in an account that in the next two years can never go down. It is a great vehicle to help people who have lost money because of the way the market is. But there is a time limit, is there not, Dennis Wilson? People have to act now. The 4th of January, you have an additional, I think, 30 or 60 days to get the funds in because some of these IRA accounts take a while to move. But yes, the initial application and declaration that you want to start the account needs to be signed by 1423. Well, this is a golden opportunity. Go to wilson-financial.com, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, a fascinating story and an encouraging one. We were talking about, or we have been talking about this past hour, about what to do when life hurts. What happens when you're facing 
the strain and the struggle of things that don't necessarily go your way. Uh, Mike Novotny uh, shared with us from his new book, When Life Hurts, How to See Through Suffering, about what we learned from the book of Job. And we're rounding out this hour with a story about Naomi Bogali, a world-class athlete, superstar runner from Ethiopia, who sustained an, an injury on her Achilles that wound up costing her, sponsor, her sponsorship with Nike. So she came to Colorado to start doing some training. She was training and recovering in the best shape of her life, riding in a car with a friend who was driving. She's riding passenger, and all of a sudden, boom, they get sideswiped. She has a broken back and a severe spinal cord injury. This was seven months ago. And doctors told her, You're running? Don't even think about it. If you are lucky, maybe you'll be walking again in two to three years. But that's when Naomi Bogatli's prayer life really kicked into high gear. She said, I knew the doctor's prognoses were wrong because they didn't account for miracles. And then she said, I saw Jesus on my bed in a dream. God the Father and God the Son were there with me. God the Father taking my hands and Jesus healing me. She was determined to return to running, of course, but she had a dream and in the dream, she'd already been healed. So she started working out again, only this time she wasn't training as an athlete. Instead, she said, I took the attitude of a little child, a baby, if you will, because I knew I had to learn how to walk again from ground zero. And so now, here we go. There's a video we'll put up at thebottomlineshow.com. Naomi Bogali is walking again. She's walking after seven months of being in this injury and being in a constant state of saying, I need to learn to walk like a child. The science doesn't prove it, she said. The doctors never imagined. Nobody could imagine this, but I am working hard, and I do believe in miracles. This is a miracle. I take no credit for it. God is good, and God is great. And Naomi Bogali took her first steps just two weeks before Christmas Day. Mercifully for Naomi Bogali, a local charity wound up paying uh, her hospital bills. A couple from Aurora, Colorado took her in, uh, even though it was just for a month, but it was that generosity that gave her the kickstart. See, she did not have any medical care. She could have wound up homeless. She was on an athletic visa, and because she wasn't <laughs> running, she wasn't working out, she wasn't eligible for Medicaid, she wasn't eligible to stay, but God is making a way for her one step at a time. She saw Jesus in a miracle, and that's the encouragement. We know that God can work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But don't discount the fact that what God will do with your pain is turn it into a miracle. To when everyone then will look. It's the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Let your light so shine before others that they will see your good works or the good work being done in and through you. And then what will they do? Praise you? No. They will give glory to our Heavenly Father in heaven. I encourage you to pray for Naomi Bogali that she'll continue to improve in her walking and eventually get her jog stride back and let's see what God does with this powerful testimony. But brothers and sisters, whatever pain you're going through right now, let God use it and trust him for the miracle that could be just on the other side. That is good news, especially at Christmas time. And that's the bottom line. Just a couple of moments left to make your phone call at 1-800-227-5278. We've got one more copy of Mike Novotny's book, When Life Hurts, How to See Through the Suffering, to give away. 800-227-5278. 
Time now for the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. It's coming up on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. <laughs> 